0: And I tell you, all of a sudden it hit me, I mean, like Bruce Willis on Sixth Sense uh, in that movie where he goes, yeah, oh my God, I'm dead. (laughs) Right, (laughs) (laughs) right. And I went, oh my God, I think I'm retired.
1: (laughs) Nancy Crew didn't realize she was retired until we asked her to be a guest on the Happiest Retirees podcast. She never really liked the label Retired and she certainly doesn't fit neatly within it. Nancy's not the first person to struggle, to accept and embrace retirement. And to be fair, it's not like she isn't still out there doing impressive work. She covers country music for People Magazine and People.com. But unlike during her 25-year career at the Dallas Morning News, she's not tied to the grind. She works for fun and for creative fulfillment, only writing about the things that interest her. Nancy says people call her a dabbler, but she prefers dilettante. She's certainly not afraid to try all sorts of new tricks. Oil painting, knitting, video editing, home renovation, playwriting, screenwriting, fiction writing, life drawing, singing in a choir, photography. I think you get the point. But she's also not afraid to quit the pursuits that don't bring her a sense of purpose. It's slowly dawning on Nancy that she's in a new phase of life, one that allows for more freedom. She's driven to feel relevant, purposeful, and creative. She doesn't expect to change the world, but she does want to matter. I'd say that's a fairly ambitious retirement plan, especially for a dilettante. Do you ever wonder who you'll be and what you'll do after your career is over? Wouldn't it be nice to hear stories from people who figured it out, who are thriving in retirement? I'm Ryan Doolittle. After working with the Retire Sooner team for years and researching and writing about how they structure their lifestyles, I know there's more to be learned. So I'm going straight to the source and taking you with me. My mission with the Happiest Retirees podcast is to inspire one million families to find happiness in retirement. I wanna learn how to live an exceptional life from people who do it every day. Let's get started. All right, Nancy Crew. thank you so much for coming on the Happiest Retirees podcast.
0: Happy to be here.
1: I wanted to get a little bit into your life and and how you got here. It seems like the two big cities that have been parts of your life are Dallas and Nashville. Is that is that correct? Yep.
0: I was born in Arkansas, raised in Kansas, uh, went to school in Dallas, SMU, and was there for 37 years and had my whole big journalism career there for 25 of those years at the Dallas Morning News. And then my wife and I moved to Nashville for her work in 2009. So this is our 15th. This will be our 15th year here in Nashville.
1: Oh wow. Okay. So you you went to Southern Methodist in that's is that in Dallas? Yeah. That's yep. right in Dallas. Yep. And then that led to the Dallas Morning News. Started there, there writing
0: obituaries and answering the telephone when I was a junior in college. Yeah. Right. I think you said
1: that was back when they you didn't have to pay for an obituary. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a college student on the phone taking phone calls from funeral homes.
1: I think death is much more expensive. I guess inflation even hits oh. death.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So when you moved in 2009 with your wife to Nashville, and then I don't know what you did until 2013, but at that point you started writing for People Magazine, I think?
0: Yes. I was still doing freelance work for the Dallas Morning News. I did that after I left. And so I brought that with me. It was work that traveled. And, And then in 2013, 14, I really stumbled into... My work oh. with people, yeah, which is kind how did, of a, how,
1: do you, how do you stumble into something like that?
0: It's it's kind of a recurring theme of my life. When I was in high school, I had a dream of being a feature writer at a big metropolitan newspaper, and I reached that by the time I was in my early thirties, and I did that for a dozen years, and I realized I was done, and. <laughs> I had not anticipated that and I did not have another big dream and went through kind of really a discernment process of what I should do and fortunately my wife ended up in work that was able to support us both during that period and I walked away from the job and ever since then really what has ruled my life much more is what I've been able to attract rather than Go after. And there have been some real interesting things that I have ended up attracting, including this people work. Uh, One of my closest friends, Cindy Sands, we actually shared a desk and a computer together at the Dallas Morning News. Yeah, back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day. She went on to be one of the head honchos at People Magazine and she was really yeah and she went on to uh and one of her her uh, specialties was country music and so when we moved here she was in and out all the time because at the time people had a quarterly magazine people country and Mm. at first she asked me she says do you do you want to do some work with people and and i was doing other things and i said no and she had two full-time freelancers as it was but one night they couldn't do something. And, um, by then I was already volunteering a lot at the country music hall of fame. I came here knowing nothing about country music. Let me add. Oh, I Oh, Oh, I assumed you were a
1: fan. Oh, no.
0: And so I just thought, okay, I'm living in Nashville. I guess I better get acquainted. And I fell in love with the museum, started volunteering there, started going to concerts. Cindy would come into town, she'd take us out. We got to, to go to some wonderful events and I got interested in the scene but one night she called one afternoon she called and said the other two can't do this please do this assignment for me I said okay what is it and she goes well Reba McIntyre is surprising little big town at the Grand Old Opry and inviting them to be members of the Grand Ole Opry and I went okay I think I can do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so went interviewed little big town afterwards for about five minutes wrote a story turned it in got paid and I went I can do this. (laughs) All of my feature writing skills just came soaring back. I'm not sure they ever left. Anyway, um, within the year, the other two freelancers dropped back. One of them got another job. The other one had a baby, and suddenly, within the year, I was I was first string, or what I call the first string stringer, Um, and that's when I realized, oh. I think i really better start taking this seriously and so i have i have and i had to totally reinvent myself as i really a celebrity journalist is what i call it because i'm I, i cover it from a lifestyle people right magazine is a is a celebrity lifestyle magazine and and so i cover it not from the music aspect although we talk music a lot But it's mostly how these people are living their lives. And so um, I've had, I really did have to reinvent myself because you don't show up on these people's doorstep with them knowing your resume. And no matter all the accomplishments, and I had some significant accomplishments in Dallas, I started from square one here and had to prove myself all over again in my 50s. And that was really interesting and challenging, and and also incredibly rewarding because it is a tight community, and uh, you learn real quickly that you you have to prove yourself here.
1: I that's an interesting angle because so if you're if you're doing reinventing yourself in your fifties or starting from scratch, you're probably why wi- I'm assuming you're wiser than you were when you started, maybe oh. in your twenties. So in that way it might be easier, but in you don't have endless energy, or maybe you did, but I I don't think I do. I I, I
0: never I've never pulled an all nighter. I I can hump it if I need to, but these okay. days it takes me two or three days to recover from, as opposed to a day. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty wiped out after the CMA awards. Believe me. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. But the yeah. real the real issue for me was. Celebrity journalism is a much, much different animal than, I'm being candid here, from writing about, and I'm using air quotes here, real people. Because I spent my entire career talking to people who you, most of whom you've never heard of, who you just show up on their doorstep and say, tell me a story. I didn't have sometimes two or three publicists in the room listening. Um, I wasn't on a red carpet in what is an assembly line of of journalism, none of that. Yeah. And there's there is no textbook for two minute oh, really? interviews. Yeah.
1: Oh right. You just
0: learn it on the job.
1: I can imagine it be hard to get what you need in two minutes.
0: <laughs> it's it's an a skill. It's a skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the hardest part for me, I think, is probably just thinking that fast on my feet. Because you yeah. don't really have to. I mean, real people who don't have publicists are a lot more forgiving if you're going, oh, I forgot that question. <laughs> I'll get back to right. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're
1: like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to talk to you again. But uh, right. you know, right. Reba McIntyre Mac- doesn't have time.
0: Nor does she yeah. give your, her phone number for up <laughs> right. questions. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying that the average person doesn't have two publicists and an <laughs> agent and a manager? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. But I, I, it's it's been delightful. It really has, and I've gotten to be good friends with the publicists, and um, I'm just I'm really happy and 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 proud to be a part of the the music community here. It's been so unexpected and and very very delightful. It really has been.
1: Oh, I'm glad to hear that. In fact, I, the way I became aware of you was through a publicist who's a sure. friend of mine, a- Andrea. Andrea. So, mm-hmm. It it seems like you've you have made friends. Yeah, with and
0: she's the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, if she, so the publicists can be nice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that being a publicist, a lot of it is is protecting your client. So they probably have to have a thick skin.
0: I, I can, yes I can name names. I mean I just like yes yeah the grand majority of them, I honestly the ones that I work with most of them I can call my friend. Yes, and I, oh. it's, it's nice. And it's it's an easy thing to call them, yeah, my friends. So, yeah. Well, and, and that's
1: an interesting uh, topic. We find, we do a lot of research about happy retirees and <clears throat> and volunteering almost always tops the list of uh, favorite core pursuits, which is an, a term we use for hobbies that people are passionate about. So you volunteer as well.
0: I have spent a huge amount of time since I left the Dallas Morning News giving away my work. Yes. Yeah. And
1: it is that rewarding
0: you you find yes. it it was it was a bit of an adjustment, I'll be honest. Yeah. To to do work that you are used to being paid for and to to donate it. But I love it now. I really oh, wow. I really do. I value the satisfaction of doing something that has nothing to do with monetary reward. Absolutely.
1: How, how do you think you were able to, to make that transition in your, I guess, your attitude or just, I don't know how you want to put it, but what, what changed for you? I think
0: the people that I volunteered for, fortunately, showed a lot of gratitude because they knew what they were getting to get a professional editor and writer to be doing something that they didn't have to pay for and particularly <laughs> a lot of organizations that don't have the money. Right. It, right. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea that I would just do it out of my love and that it comes purely from my heart. What, I will tell you one of the things that I am really most, one of the most, uh, the proudest accomplishments in my life, the uh, country music hall of fame museum, their flagship, curriculum for kids is called Words and Music, and it teaches language arts through songwriting. And it's been going on oh. since the late 80s, and I got to be close to the education director at the museum at the time, and they were going through, this is it's now, I guess, seven or eight years ago, they were going through a process of actually rewriting the entire curriculum and splitting it apart for 3, 6, and then 7, 12 grade. And she brought me into it, and I ended up working on it so long and hard. I mean, it was months. It sounds a sp- like a
1: big project. Plural
0: project. And we were doing yeah. both of them at once that she and the Anne gave me editor credit and co-writer credit for it. Wow. A volunteer. And it went on to win this, like, huge museum award, beating out, may I say, the Smithsonian. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And so, hey, I got my rewards there, very much so. And the reward of knowing, I mean, thousands and thousands of school kids have taken it since then. And knowing that that I've had a part in that kind of impact, that is a feeling that I really – rarely have ever got in my newspaper work because you never got a sense of being read particularly in print journalism you know I mean you do now with clicks you know we can count our with with digital you can count your audience but when I was working for a print publication some days I just feel like I was throwing my work down a rat hole you know right because you
1: just who knows you can't tell anyone's reading it no exactly
0: yeah but I know this is something that can, I mean, mean, I'm not uh, exaggerating. I think it has changed kids' lives. Yeah. And that makes me feel really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And how funny that, I mean, the Dallas Morning News is like a giant paper and you couldn't tell if you were making an impact. And here you are volunteering and you know for sure you are.
0: Yeah. And that's been really important to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you had mentioned that you you don't necessarily need to change the world, but you want to matter. But it sounds like maybe yeah. you are changing the world.
0: <laughs> well, on a, on a micro level, perhaps, you know. Yes, I think I've had an impact on people's lives. And, and I feel good about that. And I don't feel like I'm done with that.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, you know, even in my people work right now, I'm being really selective. I've been cutting back. My work in the past couple of years. COVID had something to do with it, uh, but also I was realizing I was kind of repeating myself with stories and yeah. that didn't feel good. And so I had about, I've had about, I've averaged a little over two stories a month just this past year, which has been great and allowed my wife and I to do a lot of travel and given, given us more freedom. But the stories that I really am picking now is one, people who I've already know I love and enjoy um, and love catching up with and have developed a bit of a friendship with and also love their music and so the great thing about working for what could be in the genre of what I consider a fan magazine is it's okay to be supportive of the people you write about you know it's okay yeah. you, you don't have to be objective you know that great right column and journalism that you have to hold on to your objectivity. I'm rooting for these people. I want them to do right. well.
1: They're not going to say, uh, how dare you write about Reba and enjoy <laughs> her music.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can like their music. But the other thing is to, I love to put the spotlight on what I feel are people who have something to say. Yeah. Like right now I'm working on a profile of Shane McAnally, who's not a household name, like Reba McIntyre is, but he's a big, big deal here in Nashville as a songwriter and producer, and I could name you 10 songs right now that he's written that you body like a back road, and Cougar John Deere, John 316, Somewhere With You, Kenny Chesney. I mean, he hit after wow. That. Anyway, he's he's in a life phase right now. <laughs> kind of would be good for me? Well, he's a little young. He's turning 50, but it is a new life phase for him, and we had a really, what I felt was an important conversation that I think people... In their 40s could read and will read and takes take away some life lessons from. And so those are stories that I'm still hungry to tell. Um, I'm still hungry to lift up talented women and people of color in country music. Oh, wow. Because they, they are not getting the um, attention and the airplay that the men get, that the white male artists get. And so I have an opportunity to help these people who are exceptionally talented and need to be heard. And so in that sense I feel like I am serving a purpose. I'm purposeful in this work even though I work for a celebrity lifestyle magazine which is which is entertainment. It is entertainment.
1: It yeah, but it, I guess the goal is that it's entertainment with a little more. You know, it's 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 a little purposeful. It's not just like oh, Reba likes waffles or something, right? You know,
0: (laughs) you must like Reba McIntyre a lot.
1: (laughs) I I feel like Reba, Reba transcends genre. She's just Reba. So she's the name I keep thinking of, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I've interviewed her. I actually, I, something happened to me that I never expected when I started being a stringer for people, you know, and that I've actually had two cover stories and one of them was on Reba Oh. The other one was on Luke Bryan, and so oh. um, I did. I did get my moment with Reba, and she is she is a force of nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she and I she's six months behind me. Oh, you know? okay, okay. Yeah, but boy, do not put the word retirement around that woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she Whoa. won't be coming on on this show. No. You Do
0: t- <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you follow her? I mean, she she's going faster now than she did ten years ago.
1: My my wife watches The Voice, and she was a judge on it mm-hmm. this year, and so I, I feel like I really got to know her a little more. I mean, got to know her. It's not like you yeah. know, but yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. She she's a force yeah. of nature, like you said. Yeah. 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 Well, is you had mentioned some some artists who we may not know, but you you find it very rewarding to write about. Is there anyone you want to mention? I mean, maybe oh right will now. To this well, and... I
0: got another story coming up uh, on the War and Treaty. Uh, husband oh. and wife. And they were just, actually, they were just accompanying Charlie Puth on uh, the Emmys the other night. Oh. And they're Michael Trotter and his wife Tanya Trotter. And they both have powerhouse voices, the kind of voices that you would think would be solo career artists. And she actually had a bit of a career in the 90s. And then they met several years later. And it took them a while to actually start singing together. Mm. But when they did, it was just combustion and now oh they are just yeah every time i see them it's just they're breathtaking and they're up for two grammys this year they are the duo of the year for um, for the americana awards but country music audiences are very much discovering they've toured with chris stapleton they're going back out with chris stapleton which is a wonderful match they've they've been on a couple cma awards shows and they every time they just they bring the house down it's yeah. just, they're amazing. I cannot say enough good things about them. Yeah.
1: I, I love that word, combustion. That that yeah. makes me want to run out and check out the album.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please do. Yeah.
1: Well, Nancy, let's go back a little bit and just talk about your specific kind of status in life right now. Would you consider yourself sort of semi-retired? Or I've heard the phrase unretirement, which is, you know, you're choosing more of what you want to do you
0: know when andrea wrote and said i think you'd be great for this the first thing i did is sent her an email that said i'm really flattered andrea but i'm not retired yeah uh, i consider myself semi-retired i'm still working um i'm still in the game and then i sent it off and walked around the house and considered the question some more and i t- <laughs> all of a sudden it hit me i mean like. Bruce Willis on Sixth Sense, uh, in that movie where he goes, yeah. Oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> right. right. And I went, oh my God, I think I'm retired. <laughs>
1: wow. That's the most dramatic retirement story I've ever heard. I think
0: because <laughs> the more I considered it, you know, the problem I really think is, is with our, our language does not oh. give us the term for what retirement is today. It has given us a word, and I'm a word person, right? It's given us a word that is synonymous with going to bed. Exactly. It's time to retire. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it is bark a lounger language. <laughs> Right, you
1: are. I'm so glad you're a writer because you find all the perfect words.
0: Active retirement is an oxymoron. Yeah. Right. 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 And and like sedate, relaxed retirement is redundant. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, We need to retire
1: the word retire. Right. Yeah. The
0: problem is, is we just it's a failure of the language's imagination. Yeah. Because it's a word that does not really, as it's defined, doesn't fit my lifestyle, but which, which behooves us to redefine what it means. And so I'm thinking, okay, what does this new phase of my life mean, whatever we choose to call it? Because I do believe I'm in a new phase. Yeah. And I think it's a, a phase where what gets down to me giving myself more freedom to really decide what I want to do and to do it. And I say that not with having any great plan. Cause like I said, my last big dream was I I reached it in my thirties and I was done with it in my forties. And so I'm, I'm used to not having a plan. I can live that way. I, I, I enjoy seeing what, what I have done attracts to me. And because it, it, it more often than not has attracted things that have been unexpected, surprising, and that have changed my life.
1: That's so uh, inspirational. That's how I want to live my life. Unfortunately, I might need your wife to help support me to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a real luxury. And that's the other thing that I, I, I leave out over the past 20, uh, it's been 25 years that I left the paper is I also have been an untraditional homemaker, what I call myself.
1: There, I love that term, too. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: And so that has been a part of my life, too. Yeah.
1: Well, but I mean, you're still doing a lot of work, but mm-hmm. maybe not the grind of. Right. Right. But right. the the ability to just let to, to see what attracts to you and then go for that. I mean, that is just sounds like such a beautiful.
0: And on top of the people work, I also have just like I said, I mean, a, a part time career, if you will, in doing volunteer work. Yeah. So it's right. it's it's full. Yeah. yeah. I've been working in fact, I, besides my museum work, I've got another huge project involved with what my wife has been doing. And so that's been oh. taking up taking up a lot of time for the past year and a half.
1: Oh, wow. So you're doing and and that's volunteer work too that you're doing for your wife. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You are volunteer of the year of the well- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know about that but I come in I come in handy I'm the family editor. Yeah.
1: Well yeah. everyone needs one, you know and, yeah, I know and so when you have those skills, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'll very briefly I will tell you uh, my my wife is comes out of a huge family of methodism. Her father was retired Methodist bishop, her brothers Methodist pastor, brother-in-law, I mean the whole family is just riddled with with clergy. <laughs> <laughs> She'll love that one. Um, yeah. Anyway, her dad and mom wrote a very, very popular Bible study series back in the 80s and 90s that 3 million people ended up taking. It was huge. Wow. It was called Disciple. And since then, the family, uh, particularly her sister, who is a huge Christian educator, have kept it going with different generations of it. And in the past couple of years, the uh, family through the family's institute, kind of like a, a foundation, is been developing, of course, the Bible study on an app, which is <laughs> where course. it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. But that's required re-editing, revision. And so um, I volunteered to do that. And it's um, four in a series, and every one of them is 24 lessons. Oh, And so okay. I'm in the third at the moment. I probably, by the time I'm done, it will it will be like editing Four full length books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of curriculum. Yeah. Which is different. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm all I'm I'm scriptured up right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know a lot about that too. That and country music. Those are those are my that's my wheelhouse. Those are my silos.
1: (laughs) And did you know? I mean, guess you went to Southern Methodist, but did you know? Were you a Methodist before, or did you know anything about it before you started?
0: No, I was a lapsed Lutheran when I met Sarah, but became a Methodist pretty quickly, which is great. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm 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 happy to be involved in church, and it was a good thing to go back to and faith is a huge part of our lives, huge part of our lives, very important. And so actually, yes, I've taken Disciple Bible Study over the years. And so, and then I actually entered the family, her father was so thrilled that, I mean, seriously, to have a family editor, I entered the family right when he was working on the second, third and fourth. And so I helped him with some editing on the original textbooks.
1: Yeah. Oh, before this project.
0: Oh, yeah. This is back in the 90s. Yes.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Did does anyone ever use the joke? Uh, There's a Methodist to the madness or something. Ah! something? I'm trying to think of the.
0: <laughs> I think you must be the first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Feel free to put that in. I don't need credit. <laughs> well, I'm thinking the way I mean, with your writing skills, you're kind of like that. You know, if every family has one person that owns a truck and then that person always gets asked to like help them move, that's what you are for writing. I have worked on <laughs>
0: high school themes, I, uh, college applications, uh, lots of resumes. Actually, I got pulled in with a dear friend to work on a doctoral dissertation.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And that all all volunteer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is so cool. They're so lucky to have you. It's been fun. There. And it sounds like you get a lot out of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so you you're sort of a hybrid of I mean, if we're stuck with the word retired, then would you say you're a semi retired person or an unretired person? I mean, how would you kind of that's what it seems like to me, because you're you're still doing some work, but it's it's what you want. And then you're spending most of the time doing things that are very meaningful to you.
0: I, you know, I I since we have entered into this process of being on this podcast, since you invited me on this podcast, I've I've actually been trying on the word retired. Uh-huh. But I, um and and say maybe this is what my retirement looks like. But I think if I were to introduce myself, I would say semi-retired because I think that is probably more understandable to the person that I would be talking to, that they would understand that I'm still working and earning some money and, but that I'm, a lot of my time is what I would consider my own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's okay. So that's sort of what, what I thought. And I, maybe, maybe you and I can get together and and rewrite the word retired and then we can submit it into the world. But yeah, for now,
0: <laughs> I, I I'll tell you another place that I've always thought the English language is lacking, and and that also kind of comes into talking about what we want to do with our lives, is we've always ha- only have two choices: either you're either selfless or selfish, mm, mm-hmm. and and we could talk about how maybe the decisions that I'm making, as I, I want to, my time is my own, and I don't care about anybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do. That sounds very selfish and but and the only alternative is to be selfless no no I need to to give myself to the world and a life of service and I need to be selfless and in between is I I think where I want to be but we really don't have a word for it which is which I coin as selfful. Hmm, I like it and it means I can take care of myself and my and my needs and some of my wants and desires. And in doing so, I'm allowed, I'm, I am able to give back to the world and, yeah. and be purposeful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great word because you're right. It's either like I'm a selfless monk who threw away all my earthly possessions or right. I'm the selfish bastard you know like
0: there needs yeah. to be there's or so much the, in between the, there the, the tycoon who just is saying more 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 more
1: yeah and also selfish has such a negative connotation mm-hmm. but it's not always bad you know i mean to i, I guess self-full is better because if you if you want to just take care of yourself and listen to yourself but i think considered. you have to
0: that's I, I really think to be who you can be to the world you have to take care of yourself.
1: and and there are, are so many people who don't and it, it always comes back to bite them. Yep. You know, I mean if you don't take care of it's like like going to the gym or exercising you have to do that for yourself emotionally too. Right. Or you you know what I mean? Sure. Oh. Yeah.
0: I I definitely know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I I had uh, I, I had a ruptured disc when I was 30, 38, 39 years old. And I said and I had to have back surgery and it's either from underuse or overuse that the injury happens. And it, mine was definitely from underuse. And I have said it's it sentenced me to a life of exercise. But ah. I just I I can't imagine my life now without that being a part of my life. Yeah. Well, I, you were saying that you'd
1: exercise for- Five to six days a week, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And how? What do you do? What I mean, maybe some of the people listening to the show are looking for guidance on that.
0: My, I'm really lucky that we bought a house that has a little studio in the back. Of course, it's Nashville. We all have studios, right? <laughs> oh, is that true? Is that how it is <laughs> no, in Nashville? But there are a lot. There are a <laughs> lot of homes that have yeah detached spaces that that yes, it's for studios. In fact, we bought it for musicians that had used it as a studio. But it's my exercise room. And I've got an elliptical back there, and a rowing machine, and weights, and a TV to watch. And so uh, most of my exercise is on those on those machines. But also, we Sarah and I, I I'm pre-title nine, so I never got to have a sport when I was growing up, which I always, <laughs> I, I'm not bitter, but I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd be bitter, yeah. Yeah, I really am,
0: because I was an active little kid, but. During COVID, we bought kayaks, and Sarah's family has a vacation home out in a, on a little lake in western North Carolina, and so we spent a lot of time out there during the quarantine. And I have just gone crazy for just kayaking on on rivers and lakes, and oh, it's wow. just and talk about just a, a meditation of activity. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that puts me in a different state, and so it's something that I've really been enjoying for the past two or three years. Yeah.
1: It seems like it would be a perfect blend of physical exertion and, you know, meditative property, you know.
0: Yeah. The, the, The repetitive movement really does just put you in an altered state. Yeah. I love it.
1: And do you do that on the Mississippi River or where do you do that in <laughs> in Nashville? Well,
0: actually there is, it, there, the Cumberland goes through Nashville and uh, I've never gotten out of the Cumberland. Um, uh, but Nashville has 20 minutes outside of town, the most miraculous river, it's the Harpeth and mm-hmm. it's called the Narrows of the Harpeth. And there is a section of the Harpeth that is li- literally shaped like a balloon and it. And and where it cinches is about a quarter of a mile. So you can take one car out and put in and then do five miles of paddling.
1: Oh, put, wow. pull
0: your wow. yeah, pull it pull it out, and then just walk and get your car and come out come get your boat and you're done.
1: Perfect. So it's that a perfect two, like two it's, hour it's,
0: paddle with one car. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you're not dealing with rapids or anything. I mean it's it's no. a safe oh, gosh, ride. No.
0: No, um, it's a, it is the perfect, it's a beautiful, they're, they're bluffs that you paddle by. I've seen bald eagles out there, blue herons, Ooh. deer. The last time I was out there crossing the, the river in spots, it's probably no more than a foot deep. And so it's, no, it's perfect. Yeah. No oh, rapids. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am pushing 70. Right? <laughs> no rapids. <laughs>
1: and I'm trying to send you out into this, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tier, we did, I don't know how they rate rapids, but
0: we did do some rapids uh, a couple years ago. We were at Colorado and that, I got, I got totally soaked and I, the experience was fun. I also, I think I left it going. I, th- there, I did that. I don't even need
1: that again. That's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But. But listen, um, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about how not everybody's going to rush out and buy a kayak <laughs> or even live you know, near a, a waterway. And the thing that I would love to recommend to people listening to this is, is something that I try to do on a daily basis, which is yoga. And mm. I just finished this wonderful... 30 day uh, yoga, I guess she calls it a journey that's on a free YouTube channel and it is yoga with Adrian. It's a D R I E N E find it on YouTube. I found it through uh, one of our nieces recommended it and she has, oh gosh, by now hundreds of free yoga tutorials and she takes you through anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes to an hour of yoga. I love the 30, this is her most recent 30 day challenge because none of them are over 25 minutes, which is about what I can do oh. for yoga.
1: So it's not overwhelming. No, it, no. Yeah, it's doable. No. And
0: in fact, one of the 30 days, you're just meditating for eight minutes.
1: Oh, okay. And so,
0: so she's, she's very interested in mind, body connection and spirit, but just to really it's, It's about the yoga, but it's also about Adrienne, who is just one of the most joyful, beautiful spirits you will ever encounter. And she has just this magical presence in her, I mean, really is in her videos that make you feel like she is doing it for you and with you on a Mm one-to-one basis. And she is just this, embodies this beautiful spirit. She's a woman in her late 30s. She lives in Austin. Her background is in acting. She just like I've fallen into things. She kind of <laughs> fell into fa- fell into yeah. yoga, being her pretty much full time gig, and just her spirit and her encouragement, meeting you where you are. One of the first things she says, because I know for a lot of people, particularly my age, yoga is very intimidating. Oh, I I can't be a pretzel. Well, I'm not a pretzel. Yeah. And yoga is not something that it's come by me naturally, but oh my gosh, it's so, so helpful to people as they grow older with flexibility and balance, which are huge issues and strength too. But, you know, even though I exercise, you know, five, six days a week, you know, cardio and weights, I can tell you doing these 20, 25 minutes a day, just to, uh, uh, the discipline of these past 30 days. I know I feel stronger. I know my balance is better. I know I'm moving in ways that I didn't, I wasn't doing. It's subtle really? things, but I mean, but noticeable things. And she is just such a beautiful guide through the process. I just highly recommend it. It's so not an intimidating force in this.
1: Yeah.
0: In something well, that, that can that's- be.
1: That's because I, I like yoga, but I'm terrible at it. So this is this is making me feel like it'd be the right thing for me, too.
0: So all around, um, please uh, spread the spirit of yoga with Adrian, because I just uh, think uh, if you're not into cardio, if you're not into, you know, outdoor activities or whatever, if you just want to bring something beneficial to your life and your spirit, I just highly recommend it.
1: Well, OK, so, Nancy, why would you say you're a happy you know, retiree or semi-retiree. Why do you think you are that? And and what can people emulate about you to get to that place?
0: Well, I think I have a, a full life. I certainly have a to-do list that I wish I could whittle down, but it keeps growing, uh, whether it's work or play or travel or, you know, friends or projects. I I, I love having a full life. I love having things in my life that make me feel like I have purpose and relevance is a word that I think about a lot. I have spent my whole life really working to satisfy my curiosity, which came before my career, but my career fed it. And I remain curious. And so I, I love to still learn. And I think that I will stay youthful as long as I keep learning learning new things, whether it's a new skill uh, or uh, new information, new insights. And uh, we have a huge family that I enjoy a lot, and we spend a lot of time and invested in a lot. We have nine nieces and nephews who are all grown. and wow. uh, have Oh, gosh, I've lost count. I think we're up to 11, and, and we'll have tw- our 12th great or grandnephew, niece or nephew, born at the end of February. And so we're enjoying that new generation and wanting to be a part of their lives. And we, we, Sarah and I work very, very hard to be cool aunts.
1: <laughs> I think you're pretty cool. you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It's pretty natural.
0: And so th- those are things that are really, uh, that I think that keep me happy. But I think the, the thing that I really think a lot about and spend a lot of time doing is working on my health. Mm-hmm. Because... I am absolutely convicted, and I'm certainly not alone in this opinion, that your whole quality of life hinges on your health. Yeah. And so that for me is the exercise. I, my diet would be crazy for a lot of people, but I, Sarah and I love the way we eat, but I'm gluten-free, we're, we're gluten-free, we're corn-free. I don't eat any red meat. I eat poultry and fish. I don't eat any fried foods, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, very few little uh, processed foods. I don't drink. I smoked for maybe 15 years and quit when I was in my early 30s. Biggest regret of my life that I smoked. But would, Oh, I know. thought you were
1: going to say biggest regret of your life was quitting smoking. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Biggest, <laughs> no, was smoking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is, yeah. And and so I I... You know, I live what a lot of people would consider, I guess, I mean, a clean life. Um, Yeah. But I I really um, feel like I am reaping the benefits of it because I am able to enjoy those grandkids and, you know, the the nieces and nephews and their children. And I'm able to kayak and I'm, you know, able to go sledding like (laughs) I did on Monday (laughs) with (laughs) our godchildren here. Yeah, uh, I'm able fun. to do physical activity, and we're going to, to um, Costa Rica with a niece and her husband in in March, and I'm fully intending to um, do zip lining with them. Oh, too.
1: how fun! Yeah,
0: yeah, and I have no qualms about doing that. We did it a couple few years ago in Australia, and I know I have the the physical still ability to to do that sort of thing, and and trust my yeah. body that I'm going to get through it. Yeah. So
1: it sounds like you had mentioned there are certain activities that aren't smart in your mind to do, like bungee jumping, but zip yeah. lining makes the cut, it sounds like. Yeah, it does. That's that's safe enough. Right. I think that does sound much safer than bungee jumping. I'm guessing you're not going to go skydiving, or maybe you will. I don't know.
0: I've never had an interest in throwing myself out of an airplane. <laughs> out of an
1: airplane, yeah. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no matter the age. No. Right. Okay. No. Yes. That, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. No. I. I and you know, uh, I will tell you, I'm flashing now. I got invited to a friend's birthday party several years ago. It was her 30th. And she added a roller rink. And I grew up at roller rinks. And I thought, oh, how fun. And I put my, the roller skates on and I can still skate. And, and uh, Sarah said something behind me and I turned around. And as I turned around, I lost my balance. And in that split second before I hit, I went... Oh, dear sweet Lord, in the next half second, I well could be in a cast for the next six weeks. <laughs> Fortunately, I hit my tailbone and bruised it a little. I was okay, but I just thought, wow, unnecessary risk. That was yeah. an unnecessary risk. And I think no, there are things that are off the table now, and I think that was the end of my roller skating. And it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> right. I mean,
1: <laughs> unless roller skating had been the passion of your life, you can just absolutely yes. roll away from that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, yeah. We well, our research gets into the relationship between parents and their adult children, and and it showed that you know you live the happiest ones live somewhat close to at least one or I think it may be half. So saying if you had two, it'd be one. But for you, it seems like you've sort of changed the paradigm, instead of children, you've, you've got nieces and nephews that fill that need or, or, or just add joy to your life.
0: Absolutely, you know, I mean, neither Sarah nor I ever wanted to have our own kids. And so these, these nine kids have just been a huge blessing. In our lives and everyone. Yeah, it of them. sounds like it. And in, in 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 their teenage and college years, we made a point of taking each of them on a trip or doing something special with them. And so we built our relationship with them that way too. We we took it two nieces oh to God. Australia and a niece to Thailand. We met a niece who was in the Peace Corps over in Senegal, a niece who was studying in Spain. We went to visit a niece and a nephew we took to Italy. And so the that just, that's some of our most special memories. Yeah. with them. Wow. Yeah. I
1: wish I was your nephew. Yeah. I go on those trips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're fun and being around uh, yeah. young people, being around young people keeps you young. I mean, that's another um, reason that I do what I do because I talk to, I mean, these kids, they're in their twenties who are dreaming the dream. And trying to live it out. And there is nothing that just is more exciting than to be in the same room with someone who is lit up with their passion at that age. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I, it it keeps, keeps me young. It,
0: it does. Same, yeah, it keeps yeah. me
1: when I, in that, yeah. in, in that experience, it keeps me from being as jaded as I might be. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, make younger friends. I mean, that's another, that's a huge piece of advice I would give people. Oh, okay.
1: Make younger yeah. friends. Yeah. Okay, that's one we haven't had before. Yeah, that is that is a find, good one.
0: Find people who are in different phase of your life, of their lives than than you are, and they, if they want you in their lives, they're looking to you for whatever little wisdom you might have, and you get to surf their energy. It's <laughs> it's it's great. Yeah,
1: that that's a great way to put it too. You get to surf their energy because they're their energy is causing the wave. All you have to do is kind of hang yeah. 10, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, we had on my my uh, boss, Wes Moss, he has his own podcast called Retire Sooner. And he had a guy on, Chris DeSantis, who, who was sort of an expert in all the generations. And it was fascinating to hear him talk about Gen X thinks this about millennials and the boomers think this about, you know, so, I mean, it seems like, yeah, the, the only solution to the differences is to get to know each other and, and start to appreciate them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, a common experience for people my age is we turn, particularly women, is we turn invisible to younger generations. Mm. And I get it because I realized in my 20s, that's how I treated women who are now my age, Right. Yeah, I un- I understand that we look at them and don't see relevance. We don't see that they might have a role in our lives. That's just it's it's a s- stereotype, and 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 sometimes it's been I don't know self fulfilling. If the if if you're in your sixties and seventies and and are coasting, maybe you might not be that interesting to that age group. I am really lucky that I particularly for these young artists have something. That they want, which is publicity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that makes you a little less invisible. Really, really want. (laughs) Yes, I'm not invisible to them, and and they let me into their world, and it's it's been that's been a real gift. Not only do they share themselves, you know, with me, but they they share their their energy with me, and I take I, I I I. really take that from them it energizes me yeah yeah
1: that, that's a benefit of the job i hadn't thought of that. I, yeah. I could see that being a real plus
0: um another big thing that we do lots and lots of music live music mm-hmm. yeah. okay and and just to have that very energetic atmosphere and being around the that creative power and being in a community of of People who are all enjoying, I think it's a life-giving force, and so to take in the arts, absolutely. Yeah. And it for me, it's it's wonderful. Besides getting free tickets, a lot, but to, <laughs> <laughs> I confess. But to have but to have some sort of personal connection to these people too has made it even more special. Yeah, and, and I work with the i the people that I cover. Fortunately almost to a person they're really nice people and so it's oh how it's, cool that that yeah, is yeah th- is true yeah okay yeah and so that's 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 given me a lot of joy
1: and now i think you also correct me if i'm wrong i think you knit you edit video tried it knit, knitting home- was,
0: uh, it was passing interest Oh,
1: okay. Okay. No, uh, no,
0: I describe myself, the the, the fancy word is dilettante, uh, <laughs> which yes. I laugh yeah. at. But, <laughs> but if you look it up, I really, I call myself a dabbler because I've done a lot of things once over right. the years. Like I only need to lay linoleum once. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Once is enough, I would once think. Once yeah. yes, yes. Um, yeah. yeah, there's certain things. Um, that I've done that I'm really proud. I'm a really good painter. We, um, actually have a little rental house next door that I spent three months working to renovate and, uh, with a contractor who taught me a lot and, and I'm really proud of my painting skills, but I don't think I ever want to do it again.
1: (laughs) Oh, interesting. You had the talent, but not necessarily the desire.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I'm very proud of my work. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. um, no, I think it's okay to pick up things and and learn them and call it good. Um, yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah. So
1: I think well, that's how you find out what you do like if yeah you you know you yeah. try something yeah things
0: things stick and some things don't and and that's okay yeah
1: yeah. And one thing that that did stick was your your marriage. You you've been married for thirty three years.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, congratulations. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's it's one of the great creative acts of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's creative. You know, maintaining and growing a relationship is a very creative act.
1: For sure. And it, yeah. it takes work. Yeah. Just like anything that
0: yeah. matters. <laughs> Powerful, important work. No, our marriage really is at the center of our lives. That, and, and Sarah would... Feel like I'd be remiss not to say God too.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. You said I, faith is very yes, important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because because we are, I guided very much by by our beliefs of, of our purpose here and defined purpose here. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, Nancy, is there anything else you would like to share before we go? Um, you've you've been so generous with your time and your wisdom. You've given us a feast of the senses, as you would say.
0: I would say take care of your assets and we tend to define that financially but take stock of the intangibles that mm. you still hold as your assets like your brain that works <laughs> that and is your body that's still asset. healthy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know your relationships all yeah. the assets in your life That transcend finances. Yeah. That are probably just as precious, if not more so. Take care of them. Manage
1: your this pointing at myself portfolio, (laughs) not just the one that's uh, you know, at your broker. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. Well, Nancy Crew, thank you so much for joining us on the Happy Retiree podcast.
0: You're welcome. All right. Take care.